Hello, welcome back. Today, I'm going to tell you a bit of a wondering story. It's a story that may leave you with some unanswered questions. And I wonder, as you're listening, if you will try to fill in those blanks and answer those questions. Or, if you'll just sit with them and and maybe end up doing a little bit of wondering yourself. However you choose to listen, we are around the campfire, and this is where our story begins. Come on, take it, muttered the skeleton. I could see his femurs protruding out from under the purple duster coat. We're all the same underneath. <laughs> We're not the same. His hand was extended, and his collar was fluttering a bit in the wind, flashing bone-white collarbones. He saw me staring and grunted, shrugging the duster over his shoulders so the color covered him up completely again. Just take the goddamn pill, kid. In loose hanging black leather gloves extended towards me was a little pile of clinical looking pills. As I watched, the pile collapsed and the pills rolled across his palm a bit, as if the minute weight of my glance had been enough to topple whatever delicate balance had kept them in the skeleton's hand. They made little dimples in his gloves, like asses in hammocks. One rolled off over the side, and he swore gruffly. I watched him bend over, the rest of the pills in his closed fist, pressed against his face to keep the fedora and sunglasses from slipping, as he pinched at the other pill with his other hand. It was a bit of an operation, but he managed, and stood again. I realized I was smiling a bit which must have pissed him off. Listen, I've got other places to be. Arnie said you were worth my time, you know. You're gonna make him look bad. I barely know Arnie, I said. He's a friend of a friend of a cousin or something. Maybe he's bad, I don't know. The skeleton sighed. He is bad, kid. Real bad. Now are you going to take it, or do we have a problem? I reached out and grabbed the pills from his hand. My fingers scraped at his hard finger bones through the supple gloves. I shuddered, then jingled the cool pills around, caged in my hand. They were comfortingly smooth, sleek little pods of chaos. Bah, said the skeleton. If you want more, I can get it. But this shit isn't easy. I nodded, popping a few of them into my mouth. Don't, don't take them all at once, fucking kid. Jesus. 
but he said it indifferently, like it was my problem. Like I tripped over something in passing on the street and bumped into him. I grinned and went over to the seesaw and squatted on it and crossed my arms over my head and looked up at the sky. Blah, said the skeleton. And I heard him shuffling off. Soft padding on the playground bark and silence as he stepped onto the grass. There was a family sat at one of the picnic tables over there that he walked past. They didn't look up at him, although he really was quite the sight. Purple coat, fedora, sunglasses, high-heeled combat boots, a real mess of an outfit, and he walked like a serial ski accident victim. I looked back up at the sky again and stared as the color seeped out of it. The blue of planet Earth was gone, faded to a gray that was so constant it looked like the absolute void. When the color was all gone, when I couldn't even call it gray anymore, I got up off the seesaw and looked around. The inside of my head did a little dance when I stood up and I almost staggered, so maybe I shouldn't have taken all of the pills at once. But that skeleton didn't know shit. If he did, he wouldn't be dead now, would he? One of the kids at the picnic table laughed, but only because he couldn't see the flickering ghast that was leering at him. The creature was just a face under a black cloak that faded into nothing before it touched the ground. It was revealed to me in layers of color as the pills began to work, like lenses slid over a projector. First, just a gray smudge in the air, then darker blacks, navy blues, then white and tallow yellow, then the red, the corner of its mouth, its pale gums loosely cupping two rows of molars. It loomed over the kid, right in front of his happy family. Bugger off, mate, I shouted at it. Go get a real hobby or something. The gas whipped around and screeched at me, then zoomed up into the air and became a little speck in no time. The kid's parents shuffled around nervously, both trying to keep an eye on me and make the kiddos focus on something else. Don't mind me, I waved over at them and turned to go, I'm crazy. All the way down the hill were things the pills made visible. Ghasts and rataclans, shingle touches and basquets, gnawing invisibly on the trees, rubbing themselves up against the cement footpath, tearing each other apart, mixing it all up and putting it all back together in the wrong order. And weeping. When I shouted, they all looked at me like rabbits in a headlight. Got your attention, have I? I muttered and slid past them to the city at the bottom of the hill and the gray cloud that had just become visible to me that was hanging over it. Thunder cracked above me like the universe was a dish that had just been dropped, splitting the sky into shards of white light. Rain came next, so heavy and I was drenched in a minute or less. And at that point, there was no way I could get any wetter or drier so I just kept plodding on. I hit the main street and it was still pretty packed. Hard to see the sky with all the umbrellas, which was a bit of a shame. The pills made it ripple whenever something came out of it and lots of things come out of the sky in the rain. 
I saw sprites and goshkins riding raindrops down to slap onto the concrete and bounce off onto an exposed ankle. They'd chitter and get all up in that ankle's body and brain until something else stepped in and ate them, or they lost themselves in the host. A man frowned as the little things slid into his conceptual frameworks through his ankles and made the innocent rain ugly and outrageous, where it might have been melancholic, relaxing. There was a pub squished in underneath a block of flats, and I slid past a white-beard bouncer well into his sixties. You all right, pal? He grunted at me. I kept my head down. The pub was pretty full. A nice mutter in the air, live guitarist playing acoustic rock. A game no one was watching on the TV. Rain on the windows outside. Warm pints glowing golden with ancient comfort. I floated to the bar and ordered one for myself. You're not supposed to mix beer with the pills, but humans weren't supposed to go to the moon either, and we did that. In a booth over by the far wall was a table of middle-aged women having a good chuckle about something. Behind them was an older gentleman and a girl who looked a fair bit too young to be sat at a table with only him. There was this big cloud of some entity floating above the gentleman's head and a hand stretching out of it right into his brains, making his eyes sparkle nastily and his wet lips flap. They were talking quietly, but with a bit of focus, I coerced the sounds over so I could hear. I understand you've been running for a long time now, he was saying to her, leaning conspiratorially over his untouched beer. I understand that all. I really do. In the booth behind her, the middle-aged women were laughing hysterically, turning heads away from the live guitarist. I think... His fingers rippled on the tabletop like a cuttlefish. I think I can help you. I'm the only one that can, actually. Her eyes were on the guitarist, hands clasped together on the rim of her empty glass. She glanced at the backboard against her shoulders from the corner of her eye. But the women behind it, deep in their moment, in another world, so close to her but not touching, I took a tingly glug of lager. The bubbles leached some color back into the world for a second, and I was aware of the ready brown of the booths, the red guitarist's pick, the young girl's flushed cheeks, the older gentleman's cherry alcoholic nose, the label of a Johnny Walker red behind the bar. Then it was gone and all gray again. Thank you so much for taking the time, the girl was saying, standing quickly and grabbing a tartan backpack from under the table. The man didn't move, but the cloud thing above his head clenched up real tight, and the gentleman's fat lips went off again right quick. I would really advise that you consider this seriously. But she was already up and out the door. He just kept staring at the backboard where she'd been sitting, the cloud above his head all bubbling. I would really advise that you consider this seriously, he repeated as if she was still there. Then he kind of stopped working and just sat there. I don't know what the cloud thing was, so I left him alone and took another sip of my pint. The reds came back again. Hell's lager label on the tap, bright ketchup, the dull plastic malt vinegar bottles. 
and a little waft of red in my beer, a bit of blood from my mouth. Then the colors were gone again, and before I could start worrying about it, I smelled Christmas popper smoke, and I swore, because something bad always comes next. I almost fell off my stool, then I was up with my back to the bar, gripping my lapel pin for protection. I waited. Head kaleidoscoped into existence, hovering right in front of mine. Two-dimensional arms slipped up and out from the gap between the air and the head, grabbing onto something invisible, like mimes do. I turned to make sure, and yeah, the arms disappeared at some angles. They were really worth 2D, so there was only one person it could be. Terence. The arms were pulling the head and whatever was attached behind out of whatever hole it had popped through, and the head was already speaking in a high-pitched, chatty sort of way. Watch a little one. Piss off, I grunted, pulling up my collar and striding out into the rain again without paying. Nobody in the pub seemed to notice anything unusual. The goshkins in the rain smelled my funk the second I stepped out into the street. So I whipped out my Lynx Africa aerosol, because they hate that shit, and waved it in the air a few times. Fuck off if you don't want to get spritzed. I didn't have enough to keep all of them away if they came at me at once. But sprites and goshkins are cowards. A few of the people around me took a step back as well, which was nice, because I was trying to get away as fast as possible, which is pretty difficult with a million shoulders pinning you against each other. Hang a mite, little one. The high-pitched voice whined from back inside the pub. Piss off! I shouted back, getting faster. He was probably still trying to get out of his hole in the air. A lot of limbs to pull through a little slit. I jogged a little way up the street and chanced to look over my shoulder. There he was, fully manifested, about 15 feet tall, and mostly stick legs striding over the crowded streets easily. Tiny head, slow, massive steps, rocking in the wind like a water reed. I sprinted around the corner off the main drag and dove for a pile of soggy cardboard. The boxes were basically syrup from the rain, but I wriggled in and dug myself a little space. I grabbed my lapel pin again and listened to the rain tap-tap-tapping on my new urban lair. Watch a little one! Fuck! His head was right next to mine in the dark. How the fuck do you get in here? You've only got four walls and a roof, kiddo. Need walls five and six to keep me out. Stupid. What do you want, then? Thunder rolled, and his head spun round slowly. Oh, don't want nothing from you, little one. Don't want nothing. Just waiting, I am, waiting. His moonish face just sat there then, grinning and spinning all too slowly. He had no eyelids either, so no blinking at all. I glared at him for a while, meeting his big stupid eyes. I couldn't punch him without splitting my atoms in half, but I tried to give him the idea of how much I wanted to. It could have been five minutes before I said, Waiting for what, Terence? Girl with the tartan backpack, kiddo. Back in the pub. Are you going to do your job? Or do you just take those pills for the high and the quiet? None of your business. <laughs> oh, oh, 
kiddo. Oh, just looking out for you because I care. The face hovered a mite closer. You're my favorite, kiddo. Always out hurting yourself and up to mischief, but you're my favorite. I just want to keep you all cozy and good. Just let me help you, dear. Go on. I've been watching. I know what you want to ask. I know what you're thinking about. What's in our backpack? Yes, yes, good little one, good. What is in her backpack? She sat for a moment in a little house of God on this very chemin. Hurry, boy, oh, she won't wait forever. Terence's face rotated to invisibility, and he was gone. I was all on my own again in the box fort. I swore and emerged with a mighty wrath like Grandmama on Judgment Day. There was nobody around on this street. The windows were thicker around the bottoms, and the air was thicker with things happened. There was a little more personality around here. A scaleg clattered onto the floor in front of me, bony feelers smacking all about the place. Couple of pounds for a hostel. I need 15 pounds for a hostel. You're dead, mate, I told him. Poor guy hadn't realized. Fuck off! The Skalag yelped at me, so I pushed through him like he was honey. He left me a bit sticky, like he was. At the end of the street and around the corner, the apartments opened out a little, and there was an old church. Looks exactly like how you might imagine. Grouchy, pious, overshadowed by tenements, in denial. Not the biggest building around here anymore. Not for a while and not by a lot. The rain went great with it. The church doors opened slow. No little door carved into them. I had to push the whole thing open myself. Wet wood gave a bit under my fingernails and smelled really nice, like camping. The church made a big, dry, musky sigh. Bigger than it looked on the inside. Long rows of benches and a skinny Jesus gritting his teeth on the far side. I'd never seen him showing teeth before. That made me quite nervous, if I'm honest. It could have just been the pills. Pills can touch up the visuals in some very peculiar ways. Lots of things hang out in churches. Some things you can't find anywhere else. It's rare to see a confess anywhere else or a little angel. But you also get tanglanks and ghasts and all sorts of things that come up to drink all the shit that gets let out in churches. All that faith and ritual, they come from far and wide to suckle on the tears. I saw the girl on a middle pew. A tanglank and a confess had ganged up while trying to get a look in the girl's backpack. But she kept moving it this way and that, trying not to look at the things. You could tell that she could see him though. She was all white. Huge eyes and tight lips, like she just died on the shitter. Bugger off, I shouted at them. They shrunk away into the old stones. Creepier than them was that nobody in the church even looked at me for shouting it. Old Jesus kept grinning at me too. The silence was quick to come back to this place. I sat down next to the girl and said more quietly, mostly you just have to tell him to bugger off. If it's smaller than you, you can tell it to bugger off. 
She jerked her tartan converse together and grabbed her bag close. Are you Arnie? Nah, I'm, I'm like the um, understudy. Arnie's a friend of a friend of a cousin or, or something. Okay. Am I insane? I laughed. Something to do with a backpack, right? She nodded. Holding it out to me, she unzipped the top so I could take a peek. Oh, Jesus. I said, okay, um, you know what it is? Yeah, well, uh, before anything else, you sure you're not dead? She looked at me, eyes huge again. How would I know? I mean, did anything happen recently, you know, that was maybe, I mean, like an accident or a big party or a blackout or maybe you've been taking something or or something, climbing a crane, drunk driving, etc. Oh, right. She thought a bit, then shook her head. Nothing like that, I'm pretty sure. Okay, good for you. One second. I stood up and fished out my flip phone and tried dialing, but I couldn't get the numbers in the right order. They kept jiggling around and laughing at me. I shoved them all back into my pocket. Uh, you tried throwing it away? She looked at me all aghast. You're joking, right? I shrugged. Did you try praying? She nodded. It only got bigger. Of course it did. Right. Okay. You're going to have to kill someone. Don't freak out. We can find some guy who's about to go anyway. But how can you know if he's about to? It's pretty easy. You can just watch the ghosts and stuff around. They act all confused and forget the difference between the person and, and themselves. And the person's feet don't make any noise as well. Mostly, though, you should just be able to see a big X over somebody's head if it's going to happen in the next few minutes, at least. Um, like that? She pointed above my head. For some reason, my stomach didn't lurch or anything. Will to persist was all faded away like the colors. There it was, a big gray shadowy X right above me. What? Oh, shit, the pills. I guess I did take too many. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, like this. Oh, fuck. Good news for you, though. Um, what do I do? Relax. First, relax. Don't worry about me. I'm all doped up, so it feels very natural. You know? I'm basically already there, or halfway there. I looked away from her at grinning Jesus. At least now I get what everyone's been laughing about. Okay, so, really it's quite straightforward. Just, uh, just give it to me. You sure? Yeah. When I die properly, it will come over to the other side with me, so you should be good, and everything should be back to where it belongs. Except you, I shrugged. Okay. She held the backpack out to me, and I grabbed it. Thank you, she said, and then awkwardly, um, rest in peace. Appreciate it, I said, and left the church, Jesus's squinting eyes blasting me out the door like jet engines. Waiting just outside was Terence, taller than ever, bent in an ugly hook so that his face was right where I stepped out of the church. Looks like I got here just in time, little one.
He squeaked, snaking one ropish arm to point at the floating X above my head. Put it on! His neck extended so that his moonish face spun round and round me. Put it on! Put it on! I reached into the backpack and pulled the thing inside out. A little wreath of thorns, dark matted hair clumped to patches of it, fresh blood crying down my fingers from where the thorns touched. I raised it up above my head and caught a glimpse of the black X fading into the grey air. Then it was gone. I planted the thorns firmly down on my head. That's it, little one, screeched Terence. That's it! Welcome to dead! And then suddenly, the most beautiful thing I could imagine was a ruddy red bottle of malt vinegar. Well, what happens next? I wonder how you're left feeling about this protagonist. Maybe you're sad, maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's some indifference there or something. And what is the crown of thorns? What will it do? And who is Terence? If you'd like to have any of these questions answered, or if you know some of your own answers, please let me know at please send campfires at gmail.com or via our Instagram page. That also goes for any other aspects of this world you'd like to see explored, any questions answered or any sequels or collaborations or follow-ups you'd like to do. As always, thank you very much for joining and I look forward to seeing you again next time around the campfire. <laughs>